welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. Join cross-cultural leadership expert, Dr. Tom Vergus, as he offers perspectives and strategies on the issues affecting global leaders in the ever-changing world of global business. Welcome to the podcast. This is Tom Vergus. I'm joined again in this uh, series by Dr. Jürgen Strauss. Welcome, Jürgen. Hi, Tom. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here again. So today, we're talking about culture. Absolutely. What is culture? What is culture? That's a great question. So let's dive straight in. So in fact, one of the largest studies on culture was, was done by a Dutch anthropologist called Gerd Hofstetter. And it was the first time where he used empirical data to look at cultural differences around the globe. And, you know, more than 130,000 different questionnaires he analyzed, assessed it, and found up that there were five different dimensions of cultural differences. And his definition of culture is it's the collective programming of the mind which distinguishes one group from another. Mm. Okay, Collective programming of the mind. So it's not your ethnicity, it's not your religion, it's not the way you look, it's actually the programming of the mind. I, in my own way, define it as I did in my book, The Invisible Elephant, as culture is the lens through which you look out at the world. So how does that programming come about, that programming of the mind you mentioned? Terrific. So if you think about it, Jürgen, when we are growing up, we are surrounded, of course, we learn things from our parents, you know, perhaps our grandparents, our teachers. It's their initial surroundings. And how do we, in fact, learn culture? We learn culture really by observations or by our parents or guardians saying to us, oh, that's not the correct way to do that, or this is the correct uh, way to hold a spoon or use your fingers for eating, or this is the appropriate distance to stand from someone. Mm. So it's actually the environment that teaches you culture and the reason why we do that for our own children is because we want them to fit in so it's kind of a framework of beliefs and behaviors yes belief behaviors and all in you know thinking about it as a way of fitting in it's the it's the shortcuts so going back if you think about it when we were in the cave days you know when we were just very small units and then as we joined with other family units and if you think about it people going hunting or people doing common tasks you start creating little shortcuts of this is the agreed way of working with things so that we don't need to work do it all the time that then becomes culture in fact another anthropologist called dr fons trompenas describes culture as the way we do things around here mm. and i like that definition as yeah. well because it's the unspoken rules and that really is what culture is it's the unwritten unspoken rules culture is tacit which means if you are a member of that culture you understand how it's done. Whereas if you're an external person, you would have no idea. Mm. And so going back to the caveman times, yep. of course, the behaviors are really important that you get right because it meant life or death quite often. That's correct. So don't walk 
off the path to the left because that's where the saber-toothed tigers hunt is a pretty powerful incentive not to walk off the path to the left. But in today's modern society, how does something like that play out, that we've got these things programmed into us, some of which may have their roots in that caveman survival need, Mm -hmm. but today are really not contributing to our overall well-being or being able to fit in and engage with other cultures, perhaps. Sure thing. And I think if you think if you think about it in the construct of leadership and global leadership, which is what we're mm. talking about. So let me just give you a, a couple of quick examples. So one was a, a person I coached uh, who worked, uh, he was French. He worked for a large American multinational and he was promoted out from France into running a big division in the United States. He had a French way of dealing with people. He had a French way of talking and presenting. And he had a French way of how he used to interact with people. That just did not cut it Hmm. with his American team. So he had to learn of what what needed to be done, like what he needed to adjust, what he needed to let go of, what he needed to bring things in to help him be more effective. So it may not be the saber-toothed tiger, but it's about how do I get the outcomes? How do I get the results? Okay. Another example is of someone here from Australia. She was promoted uh, and uh, told to go and run a, uh, an operation in Malaysia. Was it? She was in charge of a big change project, very successful doing it here in Australia, went into Malaysia, did the same thing, three months down the track, suddenly discovered was getting no traction. Yeah. Now, she was very smart. She kind of worked out, okay, this is not kind of working. Why isn't it working? And she found that she just had to adapt her style. She had to modify her messaging. She had to actually do things that wasn't necessary to get things done here in Australia, but she had to do a couple of things differently in Malaysia. That's what then helped her be more successful. So the saber-toothed tiger in both these instances is really around how do I actually make sure I survive, or more than that, how do I in fact thrive and prosper with my new challenges? Hmm. Hmm. So in those examples, what are some of the things that those two people needed to think about in terms of surviving and thriving in that new environment with their new team and with the tasks that they were set there to do? Well, so the person who was French, one of the things we worked on very strongly with him was in fact his presentation skill on how to present in a way that resonated with his American teams. So in terms of style, in terms of storytelling, in terms of how he structured his talk, which was in fact quite different to how he did it in France. With a person who was an Australian, who was the person who moved to Malaysia, what we had to do with her was in fact adapt some of the working hours. She was somebody who started really early, and finished work really early, and I'm just using that as one example, mm. is in fact, in Malaysia, the starting early piece didn't kind of work uh, as well. 
But more importantly, in Malaysia, you know, there are certain things that people share breakfast. You know, a lot of teams share breakfast. There's some Malaysian food that's called like teh tarik, which is a sweet kind of tea. Nasi lemak, which is a, a typical kind of Malaysian breakfast. And one of the things that she, I suggested that she do was in fact join her team for teh tarik and nasi lemak. Because it's in those environments where people share their concerns, where people actually tell you what's happening, which doesn't actually happen in the formal environment. So those are two examples of things that they both did Mm. to help them be more effective. And both of those are examples of demonstrating cultural intelligence. To me, both of those are are individual behaviours. How does an understanding of culture and being aware of a different culture when you're transposed into a, a, a culture that's foreign to you in that situation, how does an awareness of that help you actually understand how to change your own behavior so that you can build that connection? Great question. I think one of the first things that we need to understand, I mentioned earlier on that culture is tacit. The other thing is that, so we understand our own culture, but also that culture is subjective. So what do I mean by that? Uh, that means when I look at behavior of a different culture, I use my own cultural norms to compare that. So that's what I'm familiar with, right? So, you know, in the literature, that's uh, known as being ethnocentric, hmm. okay? It's actually based on the work of uh, Dr. Milton Bennett and Janet Bennett. And ethnocentric, with this, I use my culture as the center of my universe and compare it uh, to others, as compared to one of the things we want to do when we're being culturally intelligent is actually look at how do I become more ethno-relative? So how do I actually learn how to adapt? So if I appreciate the fact that I look at it from my own lens, I have my own culture, what are my cultural values and norms, and therefore how does that then play in with the culture I am either working in or living in. So in other words, where are the similarities? Where are the touch points? And at the same time, where are the differences and possible areas of clash or conflict that may occur? Hmm. Hmm. That's really interesting to look at Look at those similarities first. And, and I guess that requires a really good understanding of your own culture first. So That's is that, right. Is that the place to start? Yes, yeah. It's always about understanding self. Self-awareness, I think it's critical in terms of before we can understand the other, how do I in fact understand myself? What are my values? What are the things that hold me, you know, that's important for me? And how do I in fact uh, operate uh, out of that? I mentioned actually earlier on that um, uh, Dr. Hofstetter, Professor Hofstetter, was uh, the person who did that huge amounts of research right at the get-go. I had the great pleasure of interviewing him uh, many mm-hmm. years ago when I was doing my master's. And, um, I, I, you know, one of the things I did during the interview was, interview was I, I, I found it actually extremely difficult interviewing him. And, you know, I, after about eight minutes into the interview, I paused and I said to him, excuse me, Professor, I, I am obviously not doing this well. <laughs> you, know, you know, I was finding it really difficult to extract <laughs> information uh, from him. And uh, he said to me, Tom, you know, I'm a researcher. 
I like research. I like being in the lab. I like data. Mm. I like looking at numbers and trying to make things work. You're a consultant. So people like you take my work and take it out to the world. You explain it to other people. And so, you know, that's why people like me, you know, need people like you to do what you, to help you with that. And people like you need people like me to do the background stuff. And for me, that was a great example of understanding your own strengths. Mm. Okay. So, you know, the whole thing around work to your strengths. And it was quite a seminal moment for me because it really helped me also understand, actually, I didn't enjoy the data and the analytics. I enjoyed much more teaching. I enjoy the social interaction, and that then helped me also frame where I took my uh, my career and my work. Mm, great story, and very insightful of Professor Hofstadter to turn that around and thereby make you feel at ease. I'm guessing. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was. It was. Yeah. It was seminal. It was. You know. It was. It was. It was an excellent learning moment for me. Mm. So that's a wonderful story, Tom. What? would you like the listener to take away as a reflection point from today's episode about culture? Well, you're going to think if you, in this episode, we've talked about what culture is, we've defined culture. We've talked about the fact that culture is in fact tacit, that it's subjective. And we learn our culture. So we learn it. So, you know, there is something that it's, it's based on our upbringing, we learn our culture. And that's where the differences lie. So uh, something I think a, the listener can do here is actually take a moment to think about, so what are some of my own cultural values? And r- perhaps reflect on some of the interactions they may have had with people of different cultures and think about, hmm, what are some of the clash points that I've experienced and perhaps think about why that occurred. And at the same time, what are some of the similarities that occurred and why? Mm. Yeah, that's great. And I love the why questions. So my favorite one would be, why do I behave like that? Why do I believe that this is the way to behave? Mm. Indeed. Mm. Good. I think we can leave it with those good questions. Great. Well, thanks, Tom. It's been wonderful speaking to you again. Great. We'll see you in the next episode. I look forward to it. Okay. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for joining us on CQ for Global Leaders. To find out more or contact us, go to culturalsynergies.com.